everyone, and welcome back to Debating Metal. It's me, Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host Chris Kay and special guest Sklo. Today we continue with part two of Kiss Worst to First. Last time we shared our bottom 12 Kiss albums, which so far have had some instances that have been wildly different. Remember, these are our opinions, and these lists are made purely for entertainment's sake. We'd love to hear your list in the comments. So let's get on with it. Chris, what's your number 12? Uh, my number 12 is Dynasty. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's a pretty good album overall. Uh, 2000 Man, it's a really good cover. I like it better than the original, to be honest. Uh, Dirty Living, pretty good song. Uh, I wasn't as big on Charisma. I thought that was my least favorite on the album. Uh, Magic Touch, Hard Times, and Save Your Love, they were all pretty decent. Um, like, like I mentioned earlier, it's not as disco as people claim. Like, yeah, I Was Made for Loving You is definitely a disco song, but that was the only one they intended to be a disco song. Everything else is still a rock album. Um, it's, it's not particularly heavy, but I would say it's mostly good songs, and I did like it better than Unmasked. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I can see that. I mean, to me, it's a better album than Unmasked. No. I, I like Charisma. One of the reasons why I like that song so much is because I was a big, big, big Gene fan in the, in the 70s and early 80s. Gene want, is the, the person that made me want to play bass. You know, the first mm-hmm. person to make me want to play, you know, to, to inspire me to play bass. Um, and, you know, so this song was one of those innuendo songs that was one of the better written lyrics than, you know, as opposed to some of the ones that he does now. So that's why I like charisma on that, on that album. I get that. Yeah. What do you got for number 12, Sklo? I have your number 13, Animalize is my number 12. Um, yeah, I, I remember this album coming out. Like this is actually, I think I've told you my first concert was Kiss uh, in 85 and it was during the Animalize tour. So it just, it kind of brings me back to that. And, you know, I was, I couldn't wait to hear the album and, I remember the video for Heaven's on Fire, man. I was like nonstop. I'd watch that constantly. And I love that song so much. So I, that's one of my, actually, you know, one of my songs I, I just dig from them. I always like to listen to. Uh, same as you, I like the title track. I mean, I, I like the first song that opens the track, open the album, I've Had Enough. Um, and, um, you know, they good standout songs in here. This is the only album with Mark St. John that we all know about. Um, he pretty much wasn't in the band much after that. He, he was replaced on that tour animal eyes um so um yeah I, I i overall though it's you know it's it's my top 12 i, I think it's or number 13 sorry uh no my 12 sorry going back and forth um but yeah i mean i, I like it in general i think throws a night's a good song um i actually like lonely is the hunter um murders and eye heels like you said i can give or take that one um but overall i i, I dig the album um and um good to go here on that one and Desmond Child has some backing vocals on this one. Oh yeah, and he, and he also he co-wrote, actually co-wrote. Yeah, I've had co-wrote enough. Heaven's on fire. He's actually Heaven's on fire as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Heaven's on fire. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My number twelve. My number twelve is Asylum. Okay. Now, so you brought up Asylum earlier, and for me. I liked All Night. I liked Tears Are Falling. Big fan of King of the Mountain. Huge fan of Who Wants to Be Lonely. I think that song is so underrated uh, from from Kiss. I wish that was a song that they would play live. You know, they haven't. I, I don't. Yeah. I, they played it live 
during the tour when it first came out and they've never touched it again. And I wish that was a song that they would, they would play live. Um, Tears are falling was a song that they played when they re uh, when they did the reunion. One of the few uh, non makeup songs that they did. And it quickly ended up leaving the, the, the set list, but I wish who wants to be lonely would be a song that they would play. Cause that's such a killer song in my opinion. Um, so, you know, being at number, number 12 for me, it's one of those where, you know, we're now almost at the top 10. You're, you're talking, there's 11 more albums that are better than this, in my opinion. So um, this is a, I, I, an album that I really, really like, you know, and it was one of these things, you know, where Kiss was starting to play, uh, coming back to playing off the colors that they had started with um, the solo albums, you know, Paul being purple, Gene red, Bruce Kulick was blue in this one with the blue uh-huh. lipstick cover and Eric Singer, I mean, excuse me, Eric Carr was green. You know, really, it's weird because Eric and Gene both ended up with red because they, you know, uh, there was a period of time where they had the Fox um, makeup and they, they did a, and I know he released an album with the Fox makeup it was post kiss or I think it was post a posthumous album that his, he's all red with the, with the, uh, the Fox makeup on, but yeah, he had, he was known more with the, with, with the red as opposed to the green from, from uh, yeah. Peter. But anyway, um, this was a, you know, this was definitely a, an eighties album in my opinion. So, Oh yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah. But again, well-produced. I mean, you know, Paul and Gene produced it more Paul than Gene, but you know, still it sounded good. It was well-produced. So I liked, I liked the album. All right. All right. So number number 11. 11. uh, My number 11 is rock and roll over. Um, I had it higher on the list and I kept dropping it down because I kept finding other things that I liked a little better. Um, but this was a really good album. Uh, I thought I Want You was my favorite track for sure. Um, I enjoyed Baby Driver, Mr. Speed, Hard Luck Woman, and Making Love. Um, Hard Luck Woman kind of surprised me because it that's like that's almost a Rod Stewart song. Like it just is. Like, um, but I but I still enjoy it. I think I maybe I've just heard Calling Doctor Love too many times in my life, and it, I like it. So I, I didn't list it as one that I didn't like, um, but uh, I didn't put up it as one of my favorites either. And I thought Ladies' Room and Love Them and Leave Them were my least favorite two tracks, especially Ladies' Room. I thought it was just it was just so so dumb. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, like this was the classic Kiss sound with better production. So any like what they were doing with Destroyer, they w- they went back to just being like a hard rock band, and I I really liked that. Like I thought, you know, it's it's kind of like what they were doing with the first three albums, but with better production and um, you know, really good songs. So I mean, it didn't make it into my top ten, but uh, I I think it's a great album. I agree with you, but it, it's not in my placing. So what does Sklo have for number eleven? I have one of your guys' favorite albums of all time, Carnival of Souls. Wow, that's really high. That's really high. I'm I'm curious about this. (laughs) I'll tell you why. It's not not any one song or any few songs that make me like this album. I think what it is for me, because I thought the same thing. I'm like, when I heard saw your guys' rankings, and the reasons why you didn't like it are the reasons why I 
liked it. And that's what's interesting. Like, I like, I get it, they're older and the angst and all that, but I actually liked the grunge vibe they have on this album. I like it. I know they're older and they know they're, you know, obviously Paul can't sing like, you know, Lane Staley or like some of these other singers in that grunge air. Uh, there was something though about it when I listened to it again, because I haven't listened to it for a while, that I was like, man, I'm really digging the grunge vibe in this. And, I, and look, I know you guys talk about the money and all that. I take that out of it in my sense. I just listen to the music and I listen to the, I don't think about them being millionaires. I don't think about all that. I just think about, do I like this production and this song or do I like what's happening? And, and I, 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 I just like it. I, I liked every, I liked the album. I liked every song a lot. I, you know, there were certain songs I liked, some I didn't like as much, but there wasn't any one song that made me think like, oh, this is, this is a, this is a banger or anything like that. It was just I liked the vibe of listening to it, and I, and every song I was like, okay, this is this is good. And it's been a while since I've listened to it. Um, I know you guys don't agree, but that's this kind of my uh, my standpoint on it. You know, these aren't songs I'm ever going ever to hear live. And I don't even played these songs live before, to be honest. Um, but uh, I did. Uh, yeah, I had a I had a good time actually listening to this album, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I want to criticize you, but you you're gonna like scold. Say me. it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm no, I, I I just I completely as obviously <laughs> it was it was completely sort of completely and ethically and systematically disagree. But but we're yeah. all entitled to our opinions. I'm a yeah. grunge guy, man. In general, I love grunge music, and I've always liked it. And you know, it's something that. Uh, when I put it on, I'm like, I actually, you know, I, again, I, I, I think of just, do I like this music I'm listening to? And yes. And, you know, just like you guys didn't like hot in the shade and psycho circus yeah. or not you both, you know, but Dean didn't like, and then we, you and I had psycho circus a little bit higher than him. It's just, just our taste buds for whatever we're listening to. I'd rather sometimes listen to the music, Melvins than this album. <laughs> sometimes music just hits you in that way and you relate to it and you enjoy it. Like that's that's the thing. Like people forget that we can have different opinions. It's it's Absolutely. completely valid. Yep. Okay. I I uh, okay. So what's your <laughs> what's your eleven, Kenneth? Um my number eleven is Dress to Kill. Okay. So Dress to Kill to me is one of those albums where uh, it's got a lot of really cool hooks on the album. You know, I've, I've said this before, you know, 148 other episodes where I constantly say I'm a hooks guy, you know, and rock and roll night obviously is a huge song for kiss big hook love her all I can got a hook. Come on and love me. Love that song. She is a plotter. The song plods along, but it's, it's still got, you know, it's a cool riff. So it's got a decent hook. Anything for my baby, you know, it's a weaker of the songs, but it's still got a cool hook. And that was the thing. This is 1975. When you look at that and you say, okay, for the time that it came out, you know, room service, ladies in waiting, rock bottom, rock bottom is heavy as shit for 1975 for kiss at this point, you know, come on and love me. Oh, really good hooks. But you know, and and it's not a bad production because, you know, they turned around and said, look, you know, Neil Bogart, their manager says, look, we have no money. 
So we're going to do this ourselves, and we're going to do it as cheaply as possible. They did it in, in New York City at Electric Lady, and they they banged us out, and you know because they they needed one more album. They was like, we need to you know hotter than hell tanked basically, and so now they 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 were like, we need another album, and this album was essentially tanked as well, and it, the last ditch effort was alive. But I think there's a lot of good songs in this album. I mean, they played, you know, on the live, they did uh, Rock Bottom, Come On and Love Me, She, Rock and Roll Night. So there's four songs from from this album that they played on the live. And I think it, it's not a bad album, in my opinion. But it's, it's definitely dated sounding, but at the time, it's 1975. What are you going to do? Know the future. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So. All right. Number 10. We're getting the top 10 now. All right. So my number 10 is the original album, Kiss. Um, I love some of the songs on here. Uh, Strutter, Cold Gin, Deuce, and Black Diamond, I think, for me, are the, the top songs. And Black Diamond, specifically, is my favorite song on the album. Uh, I've never been a big fan of Let Me Know. Um, Firehouse, I'm, I'm okay with. I think love theme from Kiss is cool. Like it's it's a classic, but it, you know, as a and as an instrumental, um, ten thousand. I'm sorry, not ten thousand, hundred thousand years. Um, and Kiss and time and nothing to lose. They're they're all good songs. Um, it's very raw, nice mix of vocals. It's not un- overdone with goofiness. This is a this is a early hard rock album, and it's really good. Um, I I I was surprised that i put it at number 10 but it still broke the top 10 you know like but i just thought there were some albums i i personally enjoy better um but i was really surprised because i thought like just off the top of my head like before we even started this um i thought for sure this was going to be in my top five yeah well i'm gonna get to it a little bit later okay (laughs) what what do you have uh sclo i have paul stanley number 10 um, I, again, this is hard for me. The top 10 was really tough for me. Um, in general, I think honestly, I pretty much like every song on this album. Um, I, it's the only out of, out of the four that doesn't have a cover. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, on, what is it on track five? We have, uh, take me away with, uh, on drums, it's Carmen Peace, which is pretty cool. And, you know, Bob Kulik was lead guitar in this album, Bruce's brother as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, all these songs, I just, they, they're kind of, you know, they kind of rock. It's like a rock and roll album. Um, and it has, but it also has like Paul Stanley's, you know, touch on it, obviously. And I, that's what I like about it. Uh, it's obviously a Kiss album, I guess you can say, but it's also like, you know, I, you can definitely feel that solo vibe on the album um, that it's Paul's. And kind of, he just th- did his own thing. You know, he he wrote all the songs, except you know, uh, he had a couple co-written by uh, Mikael Jap, and um, on this album. But overall, it, it's you know, it's not a long album. It's thirty-five minutes long, but it's it's pretty uh, straight to the point, um, and it, it pretty much rocks. You know, for me, um, you know, on the album, pretty it's pretty good. I, I agree with you. I like the album. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll have something else to say. I was surprised. I, I'll tell you this: I was surprised uh, going in this rankings. I actually had it doesn't have it that high. Is that kind of like with you, you know, Chris saying you thought you, the you know this album would be maybe higher in your list? This one I actually thought was going to be lower on my list. 
Um, and I actually was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that I, how much I liked it because I haven't listened to it for a while, to be honest. It's a very good album. Yeah. So for me, number 10 is lick it up. Um, the first album that kiss was unmasked. Um, so for me, you know, the lick it up, it's got some really good songs on it. Um, I really like exciter. I like lick it up young and wasted, uh, fits like a glove. The, the one song that I, I find here that's, you know, if you, if you're going to dunk yourself in a vat of cheese, it's all hell's breaking loose because it's just a really piss poor attempt at, at, uh, being a rap song, you know, cause that was this thing, you know, you, we're going to do a rap song, you know, you know, we're going to be white guys that are singing a rap song. And it's like, you know, Paul Stanley says, I am cool. I'm the breeze, but I don't know if you're that cool in this category. It, it, it won a lot of fans because Hey, you know, that was the style. That was the in thing. It, it was one of the few times where they were able to be right on the, the cusp of something, but they were just too white and Jewish to, to, to really cross over with when, when it came to, to that rap song. But, I mean, what about the Beastie Boys? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, I know. Well, because they're white and Jewish. I get that. <laughs> you know, but way, way better, obviously, you know, than, than but they were the funny thing about it is the first album with 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 the Beastie Boys that came out a couple years later, it was so goofy, but at the same time, it had so many hooks that it was undeniable. You know, and then right. they, they they followed up with I, I believe they followed up with sabotage, and then they showed oh well, you can actually play instruments too, and that was like whoa, you know that that was I don't know if it was sabotage or if it's Paul's boutique that was the second Paul's album. boutique uh, was awesome, and then sabotage, but still they sabotage showed their, their they showed their musical skills right musicianship so, yeah so but that was the thing that's what they grew up on and and they didn't grow up from the you know the same mean streets that paul and gene were living in you know so it, it's very it's, it's a very different vibe you know and so yeah it's funny that you mention it that way but it's it's a completely com- completely different scenario in my opinion oh, i know I, I just you when you said it like oh yeah it just but when I mean, you think you think about paul and gene and, and it's like they just they're not gonna cut it but hey you know, all's hell broken, breaking loose did do well for them on MTV. It was just to me, like when you think back about it, it's such a dated song. It stands out in the middle of that album. But overall, it was a great comeback album. Um, you know, it, it, it put them back on the map, even though Creatures should have done that. It put them back on the map only because it was a good album. They had nothing to hide behind because they took the makeup off and they had that big MTV, you know, uh, appearance. And it was a little scary at first. Cause like, man, they, they're not a bunch of good looking dudes, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it was, it was, it was the thing that they had to do at the right time. This is one of the few times that they actually nailed it at the right time in their career. I would agree. Uh, yep. I agree. I'll, I'll say more about that later though. Okay. Yeah. Same as me. Number nine, Chris. Uh, my number nine is Paul Stanley. Um, I'm in agreement. I pretty much like everything on this album. Um, and I like tonight. You belong to me. Wouldn't you like to know me? That song got stuck in my head. I, I actually really like that one. Um, it's all right. And love it chains. 
I thought I thought the worst song on the album was "Hold Me, Touch Me." I think of me when we're apart. It sounded like it was a sitcom intro. Like it could have easily been on like I don't know something like Growing Pains or something like that. But um, <laughs> I still liked it. Like I didn't think it was bad. I just it felt like a sitcom intro. Um, I I didn't have really anything bad to say about this. I mean, Bob Kulik's a great player. Um, did a great job on here. This I, I think Paul stood out. You know, obviously we haven't talked about Ace. None of us have talked about the Ace solo album yet. But uh, uh, Paul, like you know, you can tell he is he was the driving force of the band at least at this time. You know, and I mean, it's a solid album. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to cut you off, Sklow, on this one because that's also my number nine. So since we're on the subject, we'll, we'll continue talking about it. This, this and Ace Freelies are my two favorite Kiss solo albums. And this album to me, you know, like you said, Hold Me, Touch Me is probably the weakest song on the album. Tonight You Belong to Me, I love that song. And Love and Change is my favorite song on the album. But the first album just rocks. The production on this album is super good. I mean, it's crystal clear. Um it's you know everything has its place on the album and i just wish you know thinking back on it now you know in hindsight i just wish bob kulik would have had hair because he would be kiss's guitarist you know oh, for sure yeah you know, they should let him wear a wig they, they let gene wear one right yeah <laughs> but um no it, it, it's unfortunate at the time you know they were young enough to sit there and say they didn't need did they didn't need wigs and it's unfortunate that Bob had no hair and he couldn't be part of the band, but had he been able to be part of the band, it, it would have been really, really, really good. Cause he's an excellent guitar player or was, excuse us, you know, let him rest in peace. All right. So that's my number nine. What's your number nine, Sklo? My number nine is hotter than hell. For me, this album, again, top 10. I like a lot of these, most of these songs. I, I love the title track. It's, one, it's probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, big fan of Parasite as well. Strange Ways is great. Um, I love um, Coming Home as well. Yeah, I, I just, overall I think it's a good it's a good album. Um, Hotter in Hell again is it's you know one of my just I love that song a lot um, and it sticks out to me on this album. Um, and what was this 1974? I mean, this is you know one of, you know early on. Obviously, it's the album followed the Kiss album. So, um, the second studio release for them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, I mean, I know, uh, I don't think you've talked about it. Have you? And that's, I think, uh, you haven't talked about it yet. I mean, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was my, it was my number, uh, hotter than hell. Yeah. I thought so. No, I don't you, you, haven't said, you don't even know your list. Oh, well that was my number. Oh, just to kill was number 11. I skipped over it. What so, number? What'd you skip over? You, what? I yeah. just over it. Um, because I moved something around and I didn't realize it. <laughs> so so since you're talking about it. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, that was your that was your number nine. Um nine, yeah, hotter than hell is my number nine. Anyway, so Paul Stanley was my my number nine. So when we get to number eight, I'll throw that in there and we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I it gets a higher ranking by just did you, default. Did you mix those two up? Is that what happened? <laughs> No, I had moved. Right. Um, I moved something down and threw it okay. in between Hotter Than Hell and and on my list on my on my desk here, I I put it in there and I just forgot to look at it anyway. All right, 
<laughs> so that's my number nine. Uh, I mean, sorry, now you're confusing me. Yeah, that's my number nine. That's my number nine. Okay, so, so I think we all the... had. So we have top eight left for all of us now. Right. Okay. All right. So all right. where are we at? Number eight. Yep. Number eight. All right. So my number eight is Asylum. Uh, I have it a little bit higher than you guys. Um, I I really like this album. I thought King of the Mountain was really cool. Uh, who wants to be lonely? Like you said, uh, Kenneth, like great track. Um, very underrated. Uh, tears are falling is an awesome song. Uh, loves a deadly weapon. I liked a lot. Um, it was, it was the last couple tracks that kind of set it behind some of the others for me. Uh, I thought radar for love was just like a rip off of radar love. Um, uh, all night. Yuck. Like that song sucked. Um, but everything else was, was really good. Uh, I think Bruce like showed that he really fit well. Um, you know, he's a bit more straightforward in his approach, but like he's, he was exactly what, what, uh, you know, Gene and Paul wanted and he worked really well with the band. Um, you know, there's some Van Halen esque moments again. Um, but you know, for me, the only thing that dragged it down was just a little bit of drop off at the end, but overall really like this album i you know i i like the the comment you made about bruce kulik because although you know hint hint he's not in my big four um kiss members but bruce kulik to me is the best guitar player that kiss had and i say that because he brings an element that every single one of the players in the band have had or have and um, he can do Ace's style. He could, he could, I mean, I think he's a better guitar player than Tommy. Um, he can shred just like Mark St. John, just like Vinny, but he has a touch that Vinny and Mark don't have. And, or in, in Mark's case doesn't, you know, didn't have. Um, so it's one of those things where to me, he was probably the most skilled of all the guitar players that were in the band and that, the fact that you know he fits so well with them is, is perfect because he, to me he was that he was exactly what they needed he took their direction went with it but was still able to show off his skills when he needed to and that was exactly why he fit the band so well yeah he, his personality meshed just fine with him you know like bruce was uh, unfortunately the victim of of you know, he would be playing a solo during a music video and they're showing Gene playing bass, you know, just drumming the bass. And it's like, okay, with this, this awesome guitar player is over here playing a solo, so maybe you should focus on that. But, you know, it, it worked for him. He got his paycheck. He enjoyed what he did. He really doesn't have any bad things to say. So I think Bruce is a, it was, you know, just right for Kiss. All right, what do you got, Sklo? Number eight, uh, Dress to Kill. Get my number eight there. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think my favorite song on this album is She, like 100%, not even close for me, honestly. Um, I like Room Service as well. Uh, I do like Getaway. Uh, you know, obviously, we know Rock and Roll at Night. We probably all heard that song four million times. Um, you know, it's a song that I honestly I don't need to hear ever again. Um, but that's just me. Um, just because I've heard it so much. I mean, I like it, but, you know, I've heard it a lot. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, it's a good album overall. Uh, you know, I do love, I love the cover of this album. It's like probably out of all their albums, it's one of my favorite covers. Uh, I mean, they do a lot of good stuff on their albums in general with cover art. Uh, I just, just love this, this, uh, cover that they have on there. Um, yeah, so that's my uh, number eight, Trust to Kill. So Anthrax covered two songs off of this album. They yes. Did, they did She for the yep. tribute album. And on the B side, they did uh, Love Her All I Can, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's a cool version. If I'm not mistaken, Gene and Paul appear on that in background vocals. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. So number eight for me is Hotter Than Hell. <laughs> so I'm going to squeeze that in there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, look, it, it, whether it was down lower or, or up higher at this point, um, I think about it. It's 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 a great album. Um, it is unfortunate that it had the production that it had because the production is just horrific. Um, but again, that's you know we're talking about 1974. You know, we could give excuses to say, oh well, you know, it's it's 1974. But shit, Led Zeppelin had great sounding albums before that. Um, I mean, Kiss had a great sounding album yeah, before. The, the album before that was great sounding. I don't know what got into Kenny Kerner and Richie Wise that they made it sound like, you know, they put a, a, a towel over the speakers, but um, it had some good songs. I mean, Parasite, Hot in Hell. I'm not a big fan of Let Me Go Rock and Roll, um, but I do like Strange Ways. I do like Coming Home. Um, I do like Got to Choose. So there are there are some some really good songs in this album, you know, and uh, it's just unfortunate that the productions, you know, the album suffered because of the really poor production, but it still has, you know, I mean, it's got one, two, three, four, um, four songs from or five songs from this album made it onto a live. So it, it's still a good album. Now everyone can sit there and say, well, you know, alive was, a, was they only had three albums when alive came out. Well, they still had to pick song so if if they didn't like a particular song or a particular song did not come across well live they weren't going to play it this album had five songs that came across live well so there you go and on top of that megadeth covered strange ways so here you go yep yep all right yep. so number seven number seven all right my number seven is animalize um i liked it a bit more than you guys did um I mean, I've had enough into the fire is a really cool opener. Heaven's on fire, I think, is a great song. Under the gun, thrills in the night, and uh, while the city sleeps, all kind of stood out to me. I, I enjoyed all of those a lot. I thought burn, bitch, burn was okay. Like, it's funny to me that the first tr three tracks are all like fire related. They should have just carried that through the whole album. Just songs about fire. Um, <laughs> but murder and high heels, I thought was eh. You know, that, that may have been the weakest or maybe Lonely as the Hunter, kind of the weakest for me. But Thrills in the Night was the one that they, like just stuck with me. I really liked that song. Um, I thought, you know, Mark added like kind of a, a, a little bit of unpredictability. Like, and I don't mean, you know, they've talked about how he couldn't replicate his solos and things like that. But like he played in such a different way than anyone else that, that played with Kiss, like there you don't know what's going to happen next and i thought that was kind of cool like he 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 just has such a different approach and maybe that didn't work for the band and that's fine but like for this album i thought it was great um i enjoyed the solos you know it, it was a little bit different direction you know following lick it up like i i really like vinny's 
you know, style of playing. And we'll talk more about that later. But like, um, I thought this album worked really well. So I was, I was surprised that you guys had it a little bit lower, but at the same time, not because I get it. It's to, I think to a lot of people, it's kind of middling, but like, I, I really enjoyed it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. What do you got for number seven, Sklow? So my number seven is Lick It Up. I, I actually love this album. I mean, my top seven are probably um, albums that I would listen to and put on any time. And I mean, I, I like them all, but th- this, these top seven are, to me, are, are awesome. And Lick It Up, I, I, I honestly, unlike you, uh, Dean, Kenneth, I, I, I actually do like All Hell's Breaking Loose. Um, but I, I like the whole album. I, I, you know, I love the title track. I love the exciter. I'm a big fan of on the eighth day, um, a million to one. I, I just honestly, not for the innocent is probably up there for me as one of the top songs on the album. Um, I listen to this album actually a lot. It's actually funny. I, this is one of the, you know, I know, you know, I have vinyls, um, and this is actually one of the, one of the first vinyls I ever got, like when I was younger and I still had it. So I'll put it on you know, all the time. Cause I have a record player in my office too. So I'll put that on. I just love putting it on the needle on and listening to it. Um, cool side note, Rick Derringer is a guitar song exciter on this, which is pretty cool um, as well. So that's a great song too. The the first song. So this album for me is just, it's, it's one I can always put on and I, I, I can listen to it and, and it goes by really fast because I really enjoy it. Um, every time I listen to it. And I remember, and also I remember real quick, I, it, what was big for this for this album for me too is like you, you mentioned earlier when they announced on MTV when they they did their whole thing without the makeup and I really I still remember exactly where I was watching that and how excited I was for that to be you know like oh my god they're gonna show Kiss without makeup for the first time and I just remember like watching that in my living room I know exactly where I was sitting I know exactly where I was just you know that's one of those moments I'll never forget um, and then when the album came out I was like really really excited and, and really dug it a lot. It's my highest rank ranking, obviously, of the non-makeup albums. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I I remember where I was. I was in my in my living room as well, and and what just stuck my face stuck to the TV, watching this live as it happened on MTV. It was yep. crazy. It was crazy. Um, yeah. And so, look, I I I want to I want to go back and, and and apologize for all hell's breaking loose because I I'm I'm. It's weird for me. I like the song, but when I think about the context of it, it is it's it's lame, in my yeah. opinion. But yeah. at the same, I, at the same time, I do like the song. I do, you know, I, I, I can I can sing along with Paul the whole time, or rap along, if you, however you want to look, <laughs> look yeah. at it. But I mean, at the time, at the time, it's came. It was huge for me. I loved the song. I mean, I remember them doing it live, and it was just one of those things where. Uh, when you when you look back on it now, so you, you, it's, it's 1985. So we're talking. This is uh, you know 40 years ago, almost you know 20 or 38 years ago. It, it's it's really like almost cringeworthy to some degree because it's such a, a a weak attempt. But at the same time, it worked at the time. You know, so yeah. it's yeah. So it's all it's all contextual for me. I like the song, but it's really weirdly lame for me. At the same no, time, I get, I get it. Yeah. All right, so number seven for me is Ace Frehley's solo album. Uh, that album 
is kick-ass. I'm just going to put it that way. Um, his and Paul's album are the only two that if you put them on today, they still sound fresh and relevant. You know, obviously Peter's sounds very dated. Gene sounds very dated. The only thing that you could date Paul's album to is that it kind of, it kind of has a sound, not, not, not the vibe and not the, the production quality, but a sound that makes it sound older. Sort of like how Lenny Kravitz's albums in the, in the early nineties had that old sound because they were done on analog and old machines. This album still has that kind of sound to it, but it it doesn't sound extremely dated. Um, Aces, I mean, you put it on now and it still sounds relevant, and that's what's really cool. And that's always been the thing with Ace. He's always had that raw sound. In this particular case, um, Eddie Kramer was able to pull out that that sound and, and give it to him. Album is great. I mean, I love all these these songs. And the crazy thing about this one, I had this on a track for the longest time and the song what's on your mind was the song that it would transition from one of the tracks to the other and like flip or i don't know how a tracks worked but it actually faded out in the middle of the guitar solo like right at the beginning of the guitar solo and then faded in when it changed tracks faded in at the guitar solo and you listen to the second half of the song I still have that burned in my head. When I hear that that part of the song come up, I'm, I'm expecting it to fade out and then fade back in, but it doesn't. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyhow, Rip It Out, love that song. Uh, Speeding Back to My Baby, love that song. Snowblind, uh, you can pretty much guess what that song's about. Um, What's On Your Mind, New York Groove. I mean, it's a, it's a cover song, but it basically is synonymous with Ace Frehley. Um, and wiped out really killer killer song and fractured mirror became the first song in a series of fractured instrumentals throughout uh, ace's career so uh, it's an to me excellent excellent album it's my number seven it's awesome. a good choice it's a great it's a great one yeah obviously we all have it revered pretty high so that's good all right so number six for chris so this one absolutely surprised me um my number six is music from the elder. Um, so I love it. I went into this, you know, with, with the expectation, everybody always says this is the worst album. And I, I had listened to bits and pieces of it when we did previous kiss albums, but I had, I didn't really, you know, listen to it in its, its full context, etc. So I, I listened to this both ways the original track listing and the the current track listing the way that they want it to be you know telling the story and i gotta say i i preferred it in the the modern track listing um but i it was like every song i listened to i'm like i really like this i i i i dig this album like i like rock operas i i you know i i it find a lot of enjoyment out of like a story being told through music. And, you know, this isn't a full, you know, um, you know, perfectly told out story, but at the same time, you can kind of follow it and get an idea of what they're, you know, they're trying to tell you through the story. Right. Um, 
And uh, even then, you can fill in the blanks your own way and make the story how you want it to be to some degree. Um, but like, I listened to the Oath, and I'm like, this song kicks ass. I got you know, Dark Light, Only You, Under the Rose, A World Without Heroes, Escape from the Island. I I enjoyed all of those. Like, Mr. Blackwell was very cool. Um, just a boy, like, yeah, it, he's uh, you know, Paul singing falsetto and stuff like that. But like, I don't mind that whatsoever. Like, I love. Uh, you know, King Diamond, and I and I love um, you know, uh, Death Clock and things like that. Like where they're they're, you know, singing a, a rock opera story. Like I love those things. So this album I thought was great. You know, I I understand as a Kiss fan not enjoying this. I understand being you know in 1981 and and you've you've listened to albums like you know Love Gun and and Destroyer and all these things. Like you have this perception of Kiss. And this comes out and you go, this is not my band. Like, I don't, I don't like this, but I'm not coming in with that perspective. I'm coming in as a complete outsider and I'm listening to it, like with my musical taste and listening to it and just enjoying pretty much every minute of it. I didn't, there wasn't a song on here that I thought like this sucks. Like I, I liked 12 out of 12 tracks. I have half the album, I would say like uh, listed as favorites on there. Um, you know, it's a loose concept, but it's not bad. And, you know, the, the production is, is good. Like, you know, the, the American Symphony Orchestra adds, like, some elements to it that's really cool. Um, and Eric Carr, you know, it, this wasn't the album he wanted, and this is, wasn't the album that he wanted to be part of, but, like, he did a great job, and so did Ace. Like, great album. Curious, because, you know, it's really high on your list. And it is, you know, you kind of agree with everything that I've said about the album. Now I rank it lower because I think there are better Kiss albums. But you know, you were able to see it as an outsider and say, okay, this is not necessarily, you know, a Kiss record, but the songs are good. That's just the way it is. You know, I mean, yeah, who I was agree. it? Uh what was the band? Uh Arch Enemy did a cover of The Oath. A little yeah. diff- a little different. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's still it's still killer version. Um so this, you know, Dark Light, you know, great song from Ace Freely. He stole his own guitar solo at the end of it there. Um, <laughs> you know, so it, it's that that was the thing, you know, when we talk about talented and stuff like that, Ace Freely, you know, there there was times at which, you know, he checked out. And this is one of those where, like, he, he was so not into this that he just like, I'll throw this guitar solo on it. And then I don't know if he realized at the time this is the same guitar solo he's played a million times but good nonetheless but uh it's highly possible that he you know was like wow this is a really good solo and didn't <laughs> realize that you know that highly possible yes it's highly possible at that t- at that time yeah so but you know i really like songs like i and the oath but it's, now now you are someone who totally understands where i'm coming from when i say this is a pretty good album yeah i mean it it surprised me probably more than anyone that that it was just ranked as high as it was. And I kept kind of questioning it throughout the thing. Like, am I really, am I, am I putting this high because, you know, like it's different or something? No, I, I just genuinely like the music. So, yeah, I think it's great. It's a good one. Right on. All right. Sklo, what do you got for number six? Uh, I have rock and roll over my number six. Um, Honestly, this might've been higher. I, Calling, I know you mentioned earlier, Chris, Calling Dr. Love is like one of my favorites by them. And 
that alone almost had me rank it higher just because I love that song so much. But you know, I had to look at all the albums as, as you know, as a as a whole and rank based off of that. Um, you know, I love Hard Luck Woman. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Baby Driver as well. Um, and overall, I think this album, this overall, I mean, I, I like all the songs. I don't, there's not anything I'm really dislike on the album. Um, so that's why I have it so high, but I really, you know, calling Dr. Love is probably one of my top songs by the band in general. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's, and it's, you know, it's a short album, 33 minutes. Um, so it gets, gets you, gets you in and gets you out pretty fast, but it, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Um, pretty good one to listen to and throw in there every once in a while. Me likey, me likey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not there yet. Okay. (laughs) Number six for me is Revenge. Um, I really like that album because to me, that was a return to all sorts of different forms for everybody, specifically Paul and Gene. I mean, Gene with Unholy was he found himself all over again. It was he found the God of Thunder, and now he was even – deeper in the depths of hell um but then you know paul found himself with songs like you know take it off and i just wanna i mean i just wanna to me had a vibe of um uh, from what song flaming youth i don't know why i've always associated that's those two songs together but i just love the fact that this was a, a, an album that kiss said we're gonna do what we feel is right and to me that's why the album works um you know gene was in top form domino spit unholy Uh, those those songs were really really good you know uh like i mentioned paul with take it off i just wanna you know every time i look at you i mean i understand that you didn't like the ballad chris but for me you know that was this thing if you were one of those glam bands in the in the 80s you had to put a ballad on it after you know the success of home sweet home and so they had it with forever they said you know we can probably uh you know ride lightning in a bottle again not not as big but it was still a pretty decent song um so and then of course you know car jam 81 was a pretty cool way to end the album so and I've never been a big fan of God gave rock and roll to you too, but at the same time, it still plays well. I think it should have been more towards the bottom of the album, um, sort of like Car Jam, because it, it it was kind of stuck in there. It was written or it was recorded before the sessions for this album, but um, nonetheless, it's on there and it's and it's it's pretty cool. So that's my number six. We're in the top five now. What do we got? Eight. You had that high, yeah. You guys, you had that rank pretty high compared to Chris and I. That's interesting. It's good though. Yeah, I like that. All right, so number five, I've got Ace Frehley's uh, solo album. Um, great album. Pretty much love everything on here. I'm not as I'm not as big a fan of New York Groove. I know it's I know it's the, one of those synonymous songs with with Ace, but like it just it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. But like I loved Rip It Out snowblind ozone what's on your mind i'm in need for love i thought like all those were really good i mean fractured mirror is cool i like some of the stuff he did with that like whole concept a little bit later with his solo albums more um but rip it out was my favorite song on the album um just really raw production 
um, you know, this this felt like Ace Unchained at the time. You know, like this this worked really well. Um, you know, Anton Fig played with him on you know other albums as well, like his solo career, and they mesh super well. Like the you know, and this was Ace's Unchained creativity too. Like this this mostly was him playing on the album. You know, it's just him and Anton Fig for the most part, and like that works super well. Like to to be ranked as high as it is and be a solo album, I think is just so impressive, and it really shows. Like back then, like Ace was just he to me, he's like one of the coolest guys in the band. Like just his attitude and everything like that, and and like his his coolness really showed here and worked so well. I agree, obviously. <laughs> not as high as yours but um i agree you know uh, i definitely you... agree because i have not said mine yet for that one so what is your number five it is creatures of the night which you guys have not said yet so it's good that we're all in the top five with this one um i, I mean again my top seven are just like band sounds that come to all time i love this album i i honestly think out of all the kiss albums side two on this album to me is like every song is just awesome it's one of the so i could say out of all the kiss albums it's it could be one of the top sides of any of one of their albums i mean i love it loud i still love you i, I love that song i know it's a like, kind of slower i don't i don't know if i consider it a ballad but it's slower ish um i love killer and i love war machine um and I, of course i love the title track features of the night i mean i i honestly every song on this album is is awesome and honestly, it's one of the first songs I remember listening to. I love it loud, where like the out it goes out and then the outro comes back in. I remember that like hearing that for the first time. I thought it was the coolest thing ever to hear that um, when hearing that song. I just I remember that like hearing that for the first time. Like, oh, that's cool. You never really hear that a band do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I you know, it's obviously it's Vinny Vincent's first album with the band. Um, you know, and it's their last album with makeup on. And then obviously they released an album without the makeup. And I think, isn't Bruce Kulik, I think, on that cover? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, um, the, the 85, yeah. the 85 <laughs> album reissue. The reissue, the, yeah. The stupidity behind all that was one, you know, Bruce Kulik's not on the album. But the funny thing is Paul Stanley's defense was, well, neither is Ace. <laughs> but, I know. But, I which, know. But which is absolutely but true. But the problem yeah. is that they tried to make it seem like Ace was on the album. So you oh, can't. Yeah. You can't yes, go with absolutely. that. Then they went ahead and they remixed three songs and don't tell anybody. Yep. Right. So the CD or the album for anybody's out there who has it, you know, keep it because it's the only time that those three songs appear in that remix format, except for now the, the 40th anniversary edition of the, of the album has those remixes on it. But that's crazy that without announcing it, they remix creatures of the night. And I can't remember the other two songs. It's like, Why? You know, I don't understand that. If you're reissuing the album, why are you, you know, re remixing the title track and, no, and, and making it worse? Yeah, and making it worse because it, it it wasn't much better. Now the funny thing about it is, is like, why not do the whole album? If you're going to remix three, remix the other the other, you know, uh, six. In my opinion, but hey, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I, and personally, I really didn't need to see a shot of Paul's ass on on the back. I cover. think I think when they did the oh, that's right. anniversary <laughs> edition, they should have like photoshopped Vinny into the. <laughs> I know, I know, their their egos wouldn't allow that, but that's fine. <laughs> so that is my number five. All right. Well, my number five 
is Destroyer. Um, so I have it a little bit higher regards than, than Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not quite there yet for, for, for slow. Um, Destroyer. So I, I agree with you, Chris, in the fact that it's overproduced. Um, but for Kiss, coming off of Asylum, I'm Asylum, coming off of Alive. Coming off of Asylum. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they had to do something. And I think this was the right call. In the end, they didn't agree with the way it sounded. And that's why they ended up going back to Eddie Kramer for the next two albums. But because uh, I think they did demos for the song with Eddie, but then they ended up choosing Bob. Um, this, the songs, it's very eclectic in terms of different. So there's not a lot of cohesion. But, you know, I disagree with you. I think Shout It Out Loud is a great song. One of the first, uh, one of the few songs that, you know, they interplay between Paul and Gene. This is probably the best interplay between Paul and Gene. Um, you know, they did a couple of songs on, on uh, Hotter Than Hell. And, and uh, you know, I believe there's one song, I could be wrong on, on the first Kiss album. I, maybe it was Kiss in Time or some shit like that. It's, it is, uh, is to me, I, I like the way the, 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 the two of them play off of each other on that on that song. Do You Love Me, I think, is a killer song. Um, I love the whole drum beat thing about it. You know, my girls, uh, that was one of the first songs that they learned to sing. You know, uh, I would play that all the time, and they would, you know, sing that in the back seat of the car, and, you know, yelling out, Do You Love Me, when they were five and six years old. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Uh, Cause they have no idea what the song's about, um, but they, <laughs> but they also loved uh, uh, rock bottom, you know? So when uh, I would play that song and they're like, yo, I want to hear rock bottom daddy. I'm like, okay, here we go. But um, you know, I absolute number one favorite song is Detroit rock city. So the fact that it's on destroyer, you know, it's, it's awesome. I, I actually listened to, resurrected on the way home today just to see what the differences were not a whole lot uh so i don't i don't really understand why they went ahead and did that they could have just done an anniversary issue and put that remix in there somewhere like a second disc or a third disc but um i do like the the fact that the cover was coming off of the alive outfits as opposed to the new destroyer outfits i thought that was pretty pretty unique in 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 and of itself other than that, I mean, I really, really like this album, but I like four more better. I like 18 better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I haven't even said it yet. So, <laughs> all right. Number four for Chris. Uh, my number four is Lick It Up. Um, I, I really like this album, you know, starting off with Exciter. Um, you know, Lick It Up is a great track. Uh, give me more. A million to one fits like a glove. I like all of those a lot. Like like you said, uh, hell, all hell's breaking loose might be the the you know the low point. Um, not for the innocent didn't do a tremendous amount for me either. Um, but that being said, I do like all ten songs. Um, the, you know the solo from Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer is always awesome. Um, you could tell there's like a renewed vigor in the band. Vinnie Vincent's like best songwriting period is here excuse me Vinnie vincent's best songwriting period is here and it's a really cohesive album like it's 
it's just such a, a positive step forward for the band. Like after, you know, they're going in a direction that they're not really comfortable with. And as much as I like elder, like this is, this was the right direction to go. Um, you know, uh, you know, creatures of the night, you know, Kenneth and I haven't even talked about it yet. Um, so obviously we hold it in high regard. Um, but lick it up, you know, this, this was the band in a cohesive state, at least for the time being, you know, it wouldn't last tremendously long, you know, just the next year Animalize comes out and you've replaced Vinny with, with, uh, Mark St. John. Um, but you know, I think Vinny just added that like extra boost into the band that really brought him back to life. And it shows in this album. Oh, I, I agree with you completely. I agree, I agree 100% with that. Yeah, we, I mean, we all have this, and obviously in our top 10, I think, yeah. I mean, I have it 7. I mean, Kenneth has it 10. Great yeah. album. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, what do you got for number four, Sklo? All right, this is one that you both have said already. Ace Fairly um, is my number four. Uh, again, we all have it pretty high. I think we all kind of have, I think we agree on a lot. I mean, I think every song, I like every song on this album. I remember um, specifically when I was, you know, 11, 12, having this on cassette and playing it constantly, like constantly. I played this over and over again. I played this and like all live too, all the time. I had both of those on cassette. One of the first two ones I ever had on cassette and I constantly just played it over and over again. And I mean, every song on this is, to me, it's like, you know, it's a short album. I wish it was a little longer, honestly. I wish there were some more songs on it. Um, Cause I, I agree with you, Chris, that like he was kind of let loose here and he just did, did his thing. And um, I just, I love his voice when he sings. Um, and I don't know what to even say. I mean, I just, we all kind of, I, I agree with both of you on all this. I, I just, every song on this, to me, um, you know, even the instrumental, you know, like we talk about Fractured Mirror, I, 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 cause I'm a big instrumental guy in general. Um, you know, all of them are great. If I had to take one, if I had to take one off, it'd probably be What's On Your Mind and I like that. But other than that, I mean, all of them are great songs. So, and it's, uh, and it's produced, like you said, um, sorry, Kenneth, sorry, I don't know if you, what you said earlier is, uh, you know, it's well produced. It's, it's, it's like you could put it on now, 15, 20 years ago, and it's, it sounds, sounds great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What I was going to say was, um, so Ozone was covered by the Foo Fighters. Yes, it was. Very, very cool version. Um, and one really cool side note, um, in 1990, uh, I was 21 years old. I went to a music business school in Miami Beach, and one of the classes that we had to take was music production. And so we went to a recording studio. We went to um, – it wasn't Criteria because that's a big that's a big Miami studio. But it was a studio like that that we were um, allowed to participate in. And, and one of the engineers that was our instructors was a gentleman named Rob Freeman. And he was the engineer on this solo album. So when we've, several of us discovered that he was, you know, he knew who Ace really was and he was, you know, engineered the album, we were at peppering him with questions left and right. Um, I got to be a little closer to him in that regards and him, him, and he provided me with a cassette of like a demo of New York groove or like, like really close to the final version. I don't know whatever, whatever happened to that, uh, cassette, 
but um, he had given me that. And then what he ended up doing for me was, I believe he was working on creatures. He was supposed to work on creatures of the night or he may have done something, but he chose to opt out because he ended up working on the Go-Go's first album. He was their producer for, we got the beat. Uh, and so I bought the vinyl and he signed it for me. So I have that signed somewhere in my that, collection. That's uh, that's a pretty cool story. That's pretty neat. That's so, awesome. So yeah, so that was pretty Very cool. Nice. All right. So that was your number four. So my number four is love gun. Uh, the 1977 album. So I put that one step above destroyer um, because it's got really good songs on it. Um, the production is really, really raw. Um, and I, I just, I think to me overall, the songs as a complete unit are better than what's on Destroyer. So that's why I put it above it. I mean, Destroyer is held in such high regard. Detroit Rock City is such an iconic song. You know, Beth was a huge single for them. You know, Do You Love Me is a song that they played for years, you know, live. But Love Gun to me is, is so much better. I Stole Your Love, Christine 16, shock me. Um, you know, to me, hands down, Ace's best song. Uh, of course, Love Gun is on there. Um, Plaster Casters. I don't understand why Then She Kissed Me was on here. Um, there there was absolutely no reason to throw that cover on there. Um, but they did other than that, you know, tomorrow and tonight's a really cool song. So I put it in my number four. Awesome. That's a good one. All right, Chris, what do you got for number three? Uh, my number three is dress to kill. Um, okay. Yeah. Not a song that I have a problem with. I, I, I like this whole album from beginning to end. Um, ladies in waiting, rock bottom, come and love me, anything for my baby, and rock and roll all night. Probably my favorites on the album. Uh, rock bottom specifically, awesome song. I love the intro. Um, I kind of wish it was like its own song in some ways. Like they, you know, you have the, the instrumental, yeah, the instrumental intro, and then separate it from the song. But like, rock bottom is just kick ass. I really like it. Um. I I kept thinking like is this is this rated too high and I for me no like I just I really like this album and it just for me like once I got one one and two locked in and I listened to this album I listened to it again and I was I I was just like you know what I I'm pretty sure this isn't moving anywhere so yeah I was right and it ended up as my number 3 very good very good I like it I like awesome. it great Sklow, your number three? My number three is your number four, uh, Love Gun. I think all of us have this rated pretty high because Chris has not even said it yet. So it's in his top two. That's awesome. So mine is number three, Love Gun. Um, Love this album. Um, Pretty much, I agree with you. Then She Kissed Me was the only thing. It's like, we don't really need to throw that on here. Um, But everything's great. Love Gun, the the title track is great. Shock Me, it's the first time Ace Things is... uh, track his first track with the uh, lead track on with the band and it's it's a killer song i love it um love christine 16 i stole your love got love for sale i mean i i can't really complain at all on this album plaster cast is great um and uh yeah i mean you you pretty much touched on it already but it's you know it's a top three album for me um i could listen to it anytime and 
throw it on and be happy. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Number three for me is the first kiss album kiss the self-titled debut. Um, I mean, look, it's really hard to compete with this album. It's such a good album, but you know, you, it, it obviously, it, because it was the first album and the production quality, as good as it sounds, it's just a tad behind. And you know, when I say behind, you know, it's day, it dates itself. But that's the way they wrote songs. It was that was the, the, the time period. But the songs themselves are outstanding. I mean, there are seven out of the ten songs on this album are on Alive, and they all sound so much better on alive it so to go back and listen to this yeah it's a step down when you terms in terms of energy but strutter is still such a great song nothing to lose such a great song firehouse cold gin deuce a hundred thousand years black diamond although i will say this black diamond i prefer the double platinum version of black diamond over this version because i i I'm, i've never been a big fan of how the way this song ends where it just starts slowing the record starts slowing down i am not a big fan of that uh, i like the fact that you I'm, don't like no not at all uh, <laughs> I, I prefer Brown. i prefer the fact that they go back to the beginning of <laughs> yeah that, that's just painful to listen to um kissing kissing time kissing time wasn't a ri- on, on the original release that was added on after when they decided to do a, like a, a like a kissing contest, and so to promote the album, they added the song on the 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 album, and they had this big kissing contest. So originally it was just nine songs when at first the first 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 pressing came out, but then they added kissing time later on. Um, the love theme from Kiss, I don't get. I, I don't really understand it. It's not horrible, but it, I I don't see the point. But hey, you know, there's lots of instrumentals that people do that you know seem to be pointless. But you know, to call you're it, you're not a big instrumental guy, so like, there's certain ones that are good and certain ones that are not. You know, like I like Transylvania from Iron Maiden. I think that's a great song. Yeah. You know, I don't even mind. Uh, what's the one that's on um, Lost for Words? It's on Power Slave from Iron Maiden. I think that's a great song. But this one. It's just you know love theme from Kiss. This means- <laughs> I mean, you kind of made it sound like a like a redneck country song right there. But well, yeah, I, I get, I get it. <laughs> I so when I was younger, when when I was younger, I, I was thinking this is the song that's supposed to introduce the band. It's their theme song. It's the love theme. <laughs> it, I never heard it again. Never heard it. So whatever, you know, uh, to me, to me, the best song in this album is a hundred thousand years. I love the bass line. I love, uh, just the whole thing about it. I, I used to think it was one of those songs where I, I was naughty for listening to it because they said bitch in it, you know, mm-hmm. but, and, and, you know, I was all of eight years old at the time. So all right, nice. that's, that's my number three. All right. So we're up to number two, Chris, what do you got? My number two is love gun. Uh, I I've always loved this album. Uh, the specifically the, the title track. Uh, that's one of, if not my favorite Kiss song. Um, I I stole your love, got love for sales. Shock me, shock me is a great song. Um, Hooligan, really like that one as well. Plastercaster's good. Uh, Tomorrow and tonight, almost human. 
look, I, I'm not a big fan of Christine 16. You know, let's let's be real what the song is about. Ooh, I love it. It is creepy. It is creepy. creepy. 100%. It's a creep, but it's a, I love the song. It is creepy, though, when you think about it. 100%. I mean, you could, you could make that song today. They no claim way. it's not about an underage girl, like bullshit. Okay. So, whatever. But, yeah. but you know, it's it's fine it, as a song. Lyrically, it's creepy. Okay. Um, but I'm from a different generation, too. So, I get it. Um, but yeah, for me, number two, I think Ace's vocals are a great addition. Uh, Shock Me being an absolutely great song. Um, my, you know, like I said, it, it, it's kind of neck and neck with another song for my favorite track from, from Kiss at all. Uh, but Love Gun is just, it's one of those for me that I just absolutely love. Awesome. Glow, what's your number two? And this is hard for me. My top two are really hard. Um, I'm still thinking. Nah, I have it. Uh, <laughs> it's hard. I'm going to go with the um, Kiss Kiss as my number two. Um, yeah, it's like you said, Dean, just now. I mean, this album pretty much, like, uh, you never put an album on from Kiss, and the first song you hear is Strutter, man. It's just, wow, that's a, it's such a good song. Um, and I just, I love Strutter. I love Firehouse, Cold Gen, 100,000 Days, Deuce, Black Diamond. I mean, Six songs right there are probably in my top fifteen of the, of all their songs. I mean, I love every one of those songs. Uh, Black Diamond actually might be my favorite song by them. I just love Peter's voice on that, and I, I agree with you, Kenneth, that uh, the double platinum version is a little bit better. Um, just just it's produced better and everything. Um, but I mean, in general, I, I mean, I, I I love love that song, and you know, and and then you know, hearing. Peter's voice on that. It's like, wow, man, it's, it's just, I don't know. I just love his voice on that song, but um, yeah, this album I can listen to. I could put it on anytime and just kind of get lost in it, to be honest. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's it for me on that one. Kiss, kiss cool. is my number two. All right. So my number two is rock and roll over. And the reason why I pick rock and roll over is when you listen to all the songs that, or all the albums that came out in the seventies, to me, this is the best produced album because it sounds raw, but at the same time, it does sound produced. So it sounds less raw than love gun. It sounds better produced than destroyer because it's, it's not as slick and you, you can't even compare it to kiss or hot in hell or dress to kill. But then what I really, really, really like about this album is got two of Kiss's hardest songs to come out in the 70s. I Want You and Making Love. I mean, those were, I mean, for what oh, they I thought you were going to say Hard Luck Woman. No. <laughs> I Want You and Making Love. I mean, make to me, Making Love, I mean, other than Unholy, is probably the hardest and heaviest song that the, the band has played. I mean, maybe Exciter. You know, but it's just the the energy behind that song is amazing. I want you is I mean the way they did it live, you know, on Alive Two, it's outstanding. And then you know, just the, the tone of the guitars to me was so good. You know, um, you know, calling Doctor Love. Oh, that's one of my. That's probably my favorite Gene song with and that next to uh, Unholy. Um, 
in ladies room i mean i just love the creativity behind that with the drums and how they they get to the core right before the chorus they have that little tiny break with the drums you know hitting the 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 um the cowbell and then doing a drum fill and the third drum fill is different you know there's a lot of creativity behind that song this to me was kiss at their peak 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 songwriting um because you can compare, you know, like a song like Great Expectations or Flaming Youth is that there's, you know, Ladies Room or Mr. Speed or See You in Your Dreams is much better than those songs. See You in Your Dreams, love that song. You know, I, I don't know what Gene was thinking of trying to cover it again just two years later, but whatever. I remember listening to Mr. Speed as, as a B-side to, um, oh, what single did I have? I think it was Hard Luck Woman. I had the 7-inch. And that was the B-side. So I was familiar with that song. This album, to me, just just blows all the other 70s albums away in terms of production, song quality, and overall, you know, ranking, obviously. It's my number two. So we're finally up to number one. All right. So if you're you're playing the elimination game, you you know my number one is Creatures of the Night. All right, so um, I'm going I'm to stop you there for a second because obviously, if you're playing the same game, you get to me. So I, let's hear what Sklo's number one because it's different. Okay. Okay. That's fine with me. My number one, if you can count, if you can practice, is Destroyer. I know uh, we all kind of had a mixed reaction on this one. Uh, this, again, this and Kiss are just, to me, are just the top two albums. I. Uh, I just grew up listening to Destroyer nonstop. I listened to it all the time. I always put put it on, and there was just something about it that I always went back to. Uh, love Detroit Rock City. Just love how it starts and kicks in. It's you know they're at the the diner or whatever the car, and the next thing you know, just that guitar. No, no, no. Just just love that and how it kicks in. Um, in the nighttime world, uh, God of Thunder is probably the top three or four song for me from that band. Yeah, I know. Really, I think great, great expectations. You were saying, um, Chris. It's you know, it's it's. I, I like it though. I think it's a good song. Love flaming youth. I love sweet pain. I love shout out loud. Um, Do you love me? I love Beth. I, you know, Beth. You know, it's it's one of those ballads that everybody likes. I like it, um, but it's not even close to my top three or four songs on the album. Not even close. Um, but for me, overall, um, I could listen to this album anytime. Put it on, and, and I enjoy it just like the Kiss album. So those two were tough for me, but I uh, ultimately I chose Destroyer as my favorite um, Kiss album uh, ever. Hey, you can't go wrong. That's for sure. I mean, it's a very good album. Just, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. So Chris, you and I both have Creatures of the Night as number one. So go ahead and tell me uh, your reasoning. So Creatures of the Night is that other song I was mentioning. Like, it's my other favorite Kiss song. So. Um, you know, that puts it up high just by default, right? Um, but this has, this is to me like one of, if not the heaviest Kiss album. Um, it's very drum driven in the sound and, you know, that works really well with Eric Carr on drums. Um, all the songs have like some kind of significance and meaning behind them. Um, you know, Creatures of the Night, Saint and Center. Danger, I Love It Loud, I Still Love You, Killer and War Machine, like, those are my favorites, like, like, you know, seven out of nine, 
Uh, Keep me coming. I, I think it's a classic song. I I like it, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, you know stack up as as high with me. And rock and roll hell. It's it's an okay song. Like I I still like it. And if I'm listening to it in context with the album, I'm not gonna skip it. Um, but you know, creatures the creatures of the night is is number one for me. Um, rock and roll hell is probably the worst song, but I still like it. Like I said, uh, production's great. Uh, you know, I love the mix. I think this is this is one of the best versions of Kiss's sound. You know, putting the drums up front really added so much to it. And for me, it's just, it, it like stands above all the other albums. This album is criminally, criminally underrated by a lot of people across the board. This is by far, in, in my opinion, the best overall album that this band has put out and it almost just nobody bought it and that was a shame you know because coming off of the elder everybody was done with kiss so all of a sudden they come out with this album and it's like this is a great album nobody knew it and the the issue with it is i think had kiss taken the makeup off at this point this album would be like quadruple platinum. This album would have been monstrous, but they didn't. They waited too long. Yeah. They, they, they waited one album too long. I mean, look there to me, like, like I said, there's not a bad song in this album. Rock and roll hell is probably the weakest. I still love you blues ballad. That is just so deep and, and painful, you know, to, not painful in a bad way. It's just, sort of like very similar to like Long Cold Winter f- from uh, from Cinderella. It's just one of these slow, plodding blues song that you just really want to get into. A really, really good song. I mean, War Machine, excellent song. To me, that's, you know, my second favorite song on the album because Creatures is my favorite on this album. You know, Side One is just a banger pretty much all the way across, you know, like I said, rock and roll help maybe being the weakest, but even then, you know, Ace Freely just on his origins volume one album covered that song. So that, that tells you how much that song actually, you know, I, I actually like Ace's version better, which is fun. Oh, really? Yeah. And, I, and, I think he just added something to it. Like I like the drums better on the kiss version, but I think Ace's cover is really cool. Yeah. The, the, um, the drum sound, the quality, what, what what Michael James Jackson was able to produce, amazing. And if anybody out there has heard the, you know, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits version, it's like, why? Why did they do that? They just literally took the soul out of that song by mm-hmm. compressing the shit out of that drums. And it, it it's not the same song. No, anymore. they killed it. They killed it. So this this album just amazing. Um my favorite, you know, the 40th anniversary edition has a lot of cool uh, extras on it. Great, great buy for anybody who's interested in getting it. Um, it's expensive, but it's it's really good. Um, yeah, that's that's my it's number one. No one. Great so album. I, I just want to note a couple things. Like so, uh, Kenneth and I matched on four like in our placement. So Creatures of the Night at number one, Paul Stanley at number nine, uh, Crazy Nights at number 16, and Gene Simmons at 22. And then Sklo and Kenneth matched two times, Sonic Boom at number 15, and Peter Chris at 24. 
Um, but Sklo and I did not match a single one. We were close <laughs> a few times. <laughs> but, That's funny. Yeah. We were close. I mean, I think what stands out here is like our, again, we have Love Gun. We all have really like three, four, and two. Creatures of Night, one, one, and five. You know, Ace Frail, we have seven, five, and four. Uh, you know, Kiss, you know, Kiss and Destroyer, you know, you know, Chris didn't feel as high regard as me and Dean on that, Kenneth, which is fine. But, um, but we sure. all had them, you know, we had some other ones for pretty close as well. So, uh, I think it's just good. I think it shows that we all have a, our own palette of what we like to listen to and what we like to hear. But in, in the same regard, you know, we, we, when it comes to the top, like rankings, like we had like three or four very all at the same area at the top, which is pretty cool. So that's pretty good. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right. That is our worst to first kiss from 24 all the way to number one. So that brings us to our big four kiss members. And so this is a weird thing. So we've done, you know, Chris, you and I have done several different kiss episodes that we were trying to sit here and figure out what the hell are we going to do for a big four that's kiss related. And as many members, you know, they, they haven't had as many members say as, you know, uh, bullet boys, but they've had, a, you know, several prominent players that were not the original four. So. Um, the big four kiss members is what we went on. It almost seems so obvious, but at the same time, it's not really as obvious as it seems. It's not. So and not as easy as it seems pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So slow, you are our special guest. So you're going to go first on this, uh, big four kiss members. I mean, I'm just going to make it easy for you guys. I, I, yeah, it was hard. I, it was harder than I thought because I knew originally Kenneth, when we talked about this, I was like, oh man, like it's obviously it's the four originals I'm thinking in my head. Then after I thought about it and looked at all the people, I'm like, oh, maybe it's not. Um, but in the end of the game, I have the four original members as my top four. Um, and I'll rank them for you guys. So I have Peter Chris as four, uh, Paul Stanley, three, Ace, two. And Gene won. Um, and, and the reason why, just quickly, I don't know if we're going to go through that quickly. I know, um, is for me, when I first listened to Kiss, like Gene, just there's something about Gene Simmons that just drew me to him all the time. When we, when I played with my friends, we'd act like we were Kiss and we put on the makeup. I'd always be Gene. Um, same with you, you know, Kenneth, I, I played bass and I, he was one of the reasons I love that he had that. You know, the axe base that he has was so cool and him spitting the blood and the fire. There was something about that um, that just drew me to him. And that's why he's number one. Him and Ace were tough for me uh, to decide who was one. And I just, something about Ace, he's just so cool. He was just such a cool cat. I just loved like everything about him, man. Um, just the way he was. And just when you watched, you know, perform on, in videos when before I saw him live in the reunion tour. Um, yeah, and that's it. And it was hard to, you know, Paul, you know, for what he's done for the band, of course, has been important. Um, and for me, four was actually tough. It was between Peter and Eric Carr. Uh, but ultimately, when Peter, Peter, Chris, I just, because honestly, a big part of that's his, his singing. I love his singing. Uh, when he does sing on, you know, Black Diamonds, like, again, one of my favorite songs and just love his voice on that. So that, that was kind of the ultimate decider for me. Uh, so that's my four. Peter, Chris, Paul Stanley, Ace Raley, and Gene Simmons. 
Very good. Very good. You can't go wrong. That's for sure. You know, um, but you were wrong because I put somebody (laughs) else. (laughs) No. Um, so let me, I'll go, I'll go now. And then, uh, Chris, you can go last on this one. Um, for me, number four was Eric Carr. Um, and just, just the reason being, he was such an upgrade in terms of drumming and the energy that he brought to the band. He re, he revitalized them, even though they took an album to, to, to get into that groove. Um, it, he was, he was what they needed at the time. He was all in on kiss from the get go. And that's exactly what they needed. So, you know, that's why Eric Carr for me was number four. Number three was Gene Simmons. Um, you know, who can deny the fact that this guy is the, the, the driving force behind all the merchandising. He is the one who made kiss all the money. That's great. I wanted to be Gene, but oddly enough, when I was younger and I was putting makeup on and pretend, you know, doing my Halloween costumes, it was easier to do a Peter Chris costume than it was to do any of the others. So I ended up being Peter Chris. <laughs> I don't you, know. I'd love to see that. Well, my, I, I have pictures of it. I'll show you. Um, what, what happened was is that my grandmother, she stitched on the front of a pair of pants, and I believe the pants were corduroy. She stitched brown yarn to make it look like I had like uh, like like uh, furry furry pants on. Uh-huh. She, she, she sewed it from the hip all the way down to the, 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 the bottom of the cuff. Only the front half, but she still she did all that i took a vest and a t-shirt and that was me and i put the i put a wig and and and, and peter's makeup and i think we wow. made some some fake uh, gauntlets for my arms like peter had the one was with the crosses on it so it was pretty that was a simple like i couldn't do paul's i mean then again i could have but i wasn't about to run around with my chest bare you know at the at, at the ripe old age of nine years old <laughs> you know walking around without <laughs> with, with with the you know little the the singlets or the du- you know the double uh arms with just my belly and chest hanging out you, you could have put like some pipe cleaners or something to look like hairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then of course gene was hard to to replicate so and and so so was ace i mean i could have but i you know i was doing this on a whim so i wasn't like spending a lot of money or time on it <clears throat> anyway uh number two for me is ace freely uh for what it's worth you know ace freely is just iconic he is so influential i mean Obviously, you know, Dimebag, huge, huge influence on Dimebag. Um, so many guitarists that 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 won't even admit it. Um, Mike McCready from from Pearl Jam, Kirk Hammett from uh, from Kiss, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. You know, you know. So so it, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, obviously, uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax, uh, big influence over over him. So Ace Freely was just huge, huge influence on on. Some I mean. Of the, those players chris shiflett from pearl uh, foo fighters he has a guitar i don't know if you've ever seen his guitar with ace fraley on his guitar he has a gibson i don't know if you've seen them play live or if you've ever seen videos of chris shiflett but check it out you'll see his guitar he's got a sticker of ace fraley and makeup on his guitar and that's then, cool and it's pretty cool tommy thayer cosplays him all the time too <laughs> he, does. he does you know i i gotta say this though you know what and, and this is this is the one bag i got on ace fraley and I, I heard this somewhere many, many, many years ago. Ace Freely, influential, iconic, all that good stuff. But there was a point in time where he stopped getting better. And he he basically kind of just 
where wherever point in time he was at, that's who he was. And that's unfortunate because I think he could have been so much more, but still up until that point, all that influence is, is, you know, was years and years of, of influencing so many young guitar players. Yep. And number one for me is, is obvious. Paul Stanley, he is the glue that held Kiss together throughout the 80s. And he was the driving force of keeping that band going. And he is the driving force today. And so he is my number one. All right. All right. Uh, my, my number four is Vinnie Vincent. Um, I love his songwriting when he was with Kiss. Not necessarily his stuff after. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, exactly what we talked about. He, he gave a huge injection into that band, into, um, you know, quality songwriting and, you know, brought around like, I don't know, a golden age for the band. Then he, he had songwriting again, uh, with revenge and, you know, it shows like it's, it's a good album. Um, everything that he appeared on was, was awesome, including, uh, you know, my number one creatures of the night. Uh, my number three is Ace Frehley. Um, yeah, I mean, all the things you guys just said, like he's super cool. You know, one of, I would say to me, like, I think of him as like the coolest member of Kiss. Um, you know, unique songwriting, really cool voice. I love his solo album. Um, his first Frehley's Comet album is really good. I like the second one too. It's kind of weird, though, because, you know, obviously he was having some pretty bad drug problems at the time and, you know, had to had to kind of like take a, almost a backseat on his own album. Um, and, you know, that's really unfortunate. But I, I love every interview I see with the guy. Like, he's so funny. He's just a cool dude. Um, my number two is Paul Stanley. Like, like you said, he was the driving force behind that band. You know, they pretty much like if if he wasn't around the kiss wouldn't have existed because you know gene checked out at at some point he came back but paul stanley is the one that kept it all together you know he was an amazing songwriter especially in the early years of kiss and that really shows like you know he his voice is amazing um you know those those early albums especially like his his youthful voice is just so impressive and you know, like to me, if I think of Kiss, I think of a song that he would sing. Um, and then my number one is Eric Carr. Like to me, like that guy, so underrated and so underappreciated. And it's it's just like that guy loved Kiss more than anybody that was an official, you know, um, uh, you know, bona fide member of Kiss. Yeah, he was a he was a hired gun. But like that guy bled Kiss more than anybody else. Like he's a great drummer, great musician in general. Um, you, you know the songs that he actually sang on, and including like the the cover uh, or the 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 redo of Beth that appeared on um, was it Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits? Uh yes. Uh yes. Yeah. yeah. That one's great. Like his voice is awesome. It's it sucks yeah. that he never really got to sing more on the albums and never really got viewed as a, you know, full-fledged member of, of the his corporation because he was just such a good guy. And, you know, like all the stories that, that people tell of him, like nobody ever has a bad word to say about Eric, except for maybe Gene and Paul, just because they're assholes. Um, and so like, I, I, you know, 
for me, I just think of Eric Carr and like just that that loyalty and and just being a kind guy and um such a so, you know such a, a great soul. So number one for me. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I'm glad that he was included in in your list and he was included in mine. Slow, what happened? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, hey, you know, what? I can't believe you didn't have Gene on your list, Carm. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, he's, he's such a dick. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. oh, I hear you. I just, it's just hard not to have him in there just because what he's, he's done. He's an amazing the, bass player. Like, I don't think there's there's anybody out there that plays bass like Gene. Like, don't get me wrong. If if I've got a if I've got a number five, Gene's number five. Yeah, um, Eric was Eric was my four A. I mean, he was right below Peter. Yeah, um, I just want Peter just because I just I love Black Diamond so much. It, yeah, it put put over the top for me. As a musician, um, as a songwriter. Gene is great. As a person, not a fan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, anyhow. I do like his interviews though, because he he talks like, <laughs> like he is superior to everyone. Yeah. Gene uh, Gene's a, a rare and a unique character. He he's very interesting and and he he's like he belongs in KISS. Like he is KISS, don't get me wrong, but not my favorite. <laughs> oh, awesome. Hey, so um, I don't know if I told you, uh, Chris, but I'm going to visit Slow in a few weeks, and uh, he has a surprise for me that he has not told me about yet. So I'm kind of excited. I'm going. It's the week after after Thanksgiving that I'm going to go visit him. So I okay. wonder. I wonder what he has in store for me because I'm going all the yeah, way up to Delaware. It, yeah. So um, so the surprise. So. So yeah, you know, we met, you know, last year. We got, you know, got touched through the baseball thing, and we played last year, and we saw each other about last month or second year, and we had a good time. And you know, within that year, we we learned a lot about each other and just how big fans of metal we are, music, and you know, you started inviting me to this, which was, I really appreciated. Um, and um, and so anyway, the surprise is, so I reached out to you. I told you like, you know, I had something, you know that I wanted you to maybe go with me to. And it's, it's coincidentally that it's funny that you asked me to do this podcast for kiss tonight. Um, so I'm, I have tickets to see Kiss here and I, you know, I live in your Philly, but the show's in Baltimore, November 29th. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to go check out kiss with makeup with, um, Tommy Thayer as Ace Fairley. <laughs> awesome um, dude and uh, that is that and, is so cool hey cool yeah so we're gonna check that out it's in baltimore it's the third to last show that they're doing on this current reunion um farewell tour until their next farewell tour so <laughs> wow um, i i really yeah, really appreciate it <laughs> yeah man so you're gonna yeah you could stay at my place for a day and and then the next day we'll uh we'll, we'll check out philly a little bit and get some food and do some stuff uh before you uh, fly back home awesome thank you so much i really appreciate that that is the coolest thing getting to see kiss you know i you know chris and i had talked about oh maybe we should excuse me maybe we should go see kiss you know on this final tour and i'm like you know i don't know i, I mean i've seen them you know i saw them on the first you know uh uh not what is it the uh, first retirement tour <laughs> and yeah. i just you know that was a good show and i believe that had you know peter and ace but um, you know, and then I saw him. I think one time after that, and that had um, I want to say that had Eric Singer. I can't remember. I'm not exactly positive. 
but um, I, I just said, you know what? I, I've seen it. I've seen them. I saw the first reunion show with, with Peter and Ace. I, see, I saw them throughout the 80s. I saw them when they were at the top of their game, you know, in, in the 80s. I guess you say, you know, one of their tops of their games. So I don't know if I, I didn't know if I wanted to see this tour. And I said, you know what? Let me leave, you know, let let the let it lie. But this it, this invite for you bringing me out here to one of their last shows, that's awesome, dude. I really appreciate that. I, yeah, I uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited now. This is really cool. Yeah, yeah I'm excited as well. I didn't awesome. have plans on go. Same thing. I didn't have plans on going. And then honestly, I heard them. They were on Howard Stern before this whole tour. They're talking about talking about. It. And he's kind of brought me back. And I'm like, man, I have not seen them um, since the '96 reunion tour. I, I haven't seen them. And I just throughout the years, I just never. You know, I was like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. And then I was like, you know what? I really want to see them. You know, one last time. You know, yeah, I know they're older and whatever. But like, you know, it's like one last time and see what happens here, you know? So that's, yeah. So then I, you know, I figured, I know you're a big fan and I, I bought two tickets kind of like not knowing who I was going to take beyond. I was going to maybe have my son go or ask somebody else, but I'm like, you're such a big fan. And, you know, we got to get to know each other pretty well. Um, you know, so I thought it was a good idea to see if you wanted to go and ask. Cool. So well, much appreciate appreciated. It, I will see you in a few weeks. Uh, yes. But until then, that is our big four KISS members for tonight, and that brings an end to this week's episode of Debating Metal. Remember, you can listen to all 149 episodes whenever and wherever you like by clicking like or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com. If you listen to us on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment and ring that bell to be notified when we post a new episode. And remember to tune into our next episode as we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth, Sklow, and myself, stay safe and always turn it up to 11. See ya. Bye-bye.